Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. The episode you are about to listen to was originally available for Patreons only, but is a brand new episode now available on all podcasting platforms. So there might be a few references that have already happened. Uh, Apologies for that. And also apologies for any comments we make for non-patrons. Enjoy the episode and don't forget, it's not too late to join us on Patreon where you can listen to exclusive brand new episodes of Track by Track. Yes, every month there are at least two brand new episodes as well as access to the full Patreon-only back catalogue and our Patreon-only series, including further listening and the remix. Enjoy the episode. And thanks for listening. Right, let's get stuck in, shall we? So... Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And we really are going to lift things today. And regular listeners will know that Will likes to lift his arms as he says that. Because on the turntable this week, we have raised the pressure by Electronic. Electronic are back on Track by Track after a storming episode uh, that we did a little while ago. On their debut album, self-titled debut album. Uh, after that, which was extremely popular, not just because we love that album, but because so many people enjoyed the episode, how could we not do the second album? But I think we wanted to put it out to quite an exclusive club. Yes, quite right, Will. This is our second Patreon-only episode. Not only the second ever, but also the second this week. This is, of course, a very premium service. And we did want to make you feel spoiled. And we and we really did want to look after our most loyal fans and subscribers uh, in the first week on Patreon by featuring two of our biggest, most successful genres on Track by Track. Girl bands and 90s indie dance pop guitar-based electronic synth groups. I mean, that is the only two genres really that we cover, isn't it, on Track by Track? No, it's a very broad spectrum. Uh, for many decades, not just the 90s. You saying that for a reason, Will? No. <laughs> Dan, I've got to ask before we go any further, because it's very hot uh, in both of our cities today. Are you okay? Are you drinking enough water? I'm well. I'm drinking enough. Absolutely. Um, you have to stay hydrated. And when we record, we really do put ourselves through it, don't we? Because we have to have the windows mm, and doors yeah. shut to give you the best quality production on a patreon exclusive episode like this not the other episodes they get all sorts i'll record next to the road for them but um i'm staying hydrated will i've got some gin and tonic uh they didn't have the frozen fruit i wanted so i've put in some frozen breakfast topper oh really because to mine eye just now on the camera it looked like uh you tipped a tin of fruitini in there Imagine, oh like a, oh, a yeah it's not a bad idea it's the you know the one you used to have like uh squirty <laughs> cream on it's not a bad idea, Well, I think I'm just trying to think of what the name for that would be. Giantini? Gianfrutini? Someone else will think of that. Yeah, let the boffins do the do the business. How about you, Will? Are you surviving in this heat? You've got your vest on today? Yeah, got me string vest uh, uh, on. I was sat in the garden earlier and I'd rolled up a newspaper to wear as a hat as well. <laughs> 
<laughs> Daily sport. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm still working my way through the Sunday sports. There's so many uh, supplements. Uh, and I know it's got its knockers, but there are some very interesting things in there. <laughs> uh, but I'm okay. Yes, thank you, Dan. I am drinking just water. He's a liar, listeners. There was no, I didn't have any frozen uh, fruit left, so I tipped the fruity part of a Muller Corner into mine. (laughs) (laughs) But inevitably, uh, the yoghurt went in as well, because it's very hard to get right. And so now it looks like I'm drinking a, uh, quite a wet Sunday. It doesn't look pleasant at all. It looks like um, you've left a tub of ice cream in the sun and it's curdled or something like that, separated. I think you might have a bit of a, a dicky tum tonight. Uh, the spit guard on my microphone looks like a seagull's been in and done its doings all over it. Oh, from this view, Will, I thought you just had a, a Mr. Whippy hid behind there. <laughs> no, I'm just pleased to see you. <laughs> I mean, we could go on like this for an hour, and that's the ep- and that could be today's episode, or we could talk about electronics. Uh, and let me tell you about the band, because uh, I think, how could we not love Electronic? If you read about them on paper, it would just be just a dream, isn't it? It's Bernard Sumner. It's Johnny Marr. Uh, with support and collaborations from the likes of, amongst others, the Pet Shop Boys as well. Uh, it's a super group uh, of the ages, and actually huge following and fan base now, still. And I like to think, Dan, we've had a little hand in keeping that... Uh, live. Oh, I think we've had quite a large hand in there, actually, Will. Definitely, yeah. We did. Of course, like you said, the electronic episode from a couple of years ago now is one of our most popular episodes ever and was one of our early ones as well. And then last year we did the tweet along with, um, you know, no, none of the band members were involved in that. It was just you and I and the listeners. And it was one of the most uh, attended, if you like, or one of the most interacted with tweet alongs, um, which was fantastic to see. So there's so much love for this band, but I don't know about you, Will, as much as I love the first album, and I think it is one of my favourite albums of all time, I didn't listen to this one until Get Ready for this episode. Uh, if I had a pound for every time you said that about an album we've talked about, <laughs> I'd have six, six, six pounds. Well, actually, Dan, I have to say, maybe not as extreme as you, but uh, I absolutely love the first album and every song on there. Uh, and I have listened to this a lot less, and I kind of reacquainted myself uh, with this album. It's fair to say I do much prefer the debut album, but there's some great stuff on here as well. Oh, do keep listening, please. It's uh... <laughs> so Electronic uh, recorded most of their work uh, almost a decade from the late 80s until uh, the le- late 90s. Just three albums. Uh, and a greatest hits uh, as well. Uh, so we are going to be talking about this, the second album today, which is Raise the Pressure. This was released in July uh, 1996. Dan, what is significant about that? Because it was actually to the day, Will, 25 years ago today that this album was released. Uh, and that's at time of, uh, time of release. Obviously, you may be listening to this episode in the future. If you're a non-patron, you may have... Hung off, giving out your hard-earned cash to get it for free. Good for you, actually. Yeah, well done for saving a few pounds and not supporting track by track. 
Will, you mentioned before about Pet Shop Boys being involved in the first album. Sadly, spoiler alert, they don't appear on this one. But in their place, there are collaborations with the legendary Carl Bartos of Kraftwerk. Uh, so I wow. think, you know, if you can't have Pet Shop Boys, put a member of Kraftwerk in there. That's quite a, quite a fine replacement. And that's just a great philosophy for life. It's like, if in doubt, put a member of Kraftwerk in there. Also returning for this one, Will, is the late, great Denise Johnson, who features prominently on the first album, and actually probably even more so on here. And I think as such a huge fan of her voice, when I listened to this for the first time recently, it was so nice to hear that iconic vocal. And again, just to hear it so much as well. Sometimes, you know, background vocalists really are in the background here. She's, she's, some of the songs are almost like duets. And do you know what? She would be loving the fact that we were talking about this album today. Uh, we used to hear a lot from Denise uh, on Twitter and on some of the tweet-alongs as well. And I think, yeah, this one's for you, Denise. That's lovely. That's giving me shivers, actually. Right, let's get stuck in, shall we, to the album itself. Side one, track one, Forbidden City. That's not a hope Why you're in this kind of so forbidden city there and dan straight away we're in different territory as this album kicks off. Definitely. First impression is, you know, okay, this time we really are utilising Johnny Marr, you know, as one of the best guitarists ever. We really are utilising his experience and expertise. Whereas, of course, the the first album, the first few tracks are so electronic, the genre, the sound. But I don't, but I, but I still enjoy it, Will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I have to say, this is like a classic kind of 90s indie pop song, isn't it? Indie. And would you say, Will, jangly? It is jangly. Uh, Very jangly. I think it's just wonderful uh, instrumentalization. No, that's not a word. Wonderful instruments, wonderful production on there. And I think it is still quite bright, despite not necessarily being the most upbeat of songs in lyricism. Lyricism. It's very hot. It still feels... I think maybe because it just kicks in really quickly as well. So you don't get a chance to wait for it to build up. Yeah, I do love that almost instant uh, vocal from Bernard. And I think as well, it's... It's actually more acoustic, I think, than anything we'd heard from even from New Order at this point as well. So hearing Bernard's voice with that was quite different, but it's it still is very much the I think the structure of the song, uh, certain parts that I love, particularly the kind of dip to minor. I think it's a, a kind of a minor dip on the chorus there. It still very much feels like um, uh, a Sumner Ma production. Oh god, Dan! I was a bit worried when you when you started talking about dip to minor. I thought you might be getting a bit technical for track by track. I realised that as soon as I said minor, so I reined myself back in there, Will. And so, what you might prefer, Will, just to take it back to track by track territory. Um, obviously, I said before, Johnny Marr is a fantastic guitarist. So is Bernard Sumner. That can't be denied. Uh, so, what you get with this track, which is lovely, is the two members coming together. 
I'm not going to take the bait, Dan, actually, on that one. Because I think it's that, that joke... I mean, it's not even a joke. That grubby pun has been done too much. <laughs> sorry. And sorry to the listeners. You, you've paid for this. I should. It'll get better, I promise. Uh, this was the first single to be released from this album. I got to number 14 in the charts. I think it's worth mentioning as well, actually that there was a quite a long gap between the two, the debut album and the second album uh, of approximately five years. Yes, of course, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of this one today, but only a couple of months ago, it was the 30th anniversary of Electronic, which had a bit of a big buzz on social media, didn't it? And there would be another three years before Twisted Tenderness uh, was released as well. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, that's what you get with a super group like this. There's, they've got a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. Yeah, it's really interesting to look at what the two members were doing at the time. So New Order were on a huge hiatus at this point, And this album came three years after Republic. But there were eight years between Republic and Get Ready, uh, which turned 20 this year, by the way. Uh, and then Johnny Marr, he had played on The The's Dusk album, uh, and he also previous to that played on their Mind Bomb album, which was released in the same year as Getting Away With It. And obviously, again, very different sound. Good start to the album? I think it's uh, it's not a bad start to the album. But as a huge fan of the first album, I'm kind of I really I'm hoping for something electronic from electronic. Well, if you are new to this album, um, let me just say there are some absolute belters coming up. So stick around. <laughs> Track two then, Will? Yes. And Will, yes, this is for you. So that was for you there, Will, and that jangly sound is not going away yet, is it? This one sounds like summer in the 90s. It sounds like the kind of music, like it sounds like driving music, I think. You'd have this in a soft top in the 90s, or a hard top, if you prefer, Will. Do you know what? This does make you think of a very specific time. I think about, uh, first of all, it really reminds me of like the lightning seeds. Yes. Who are on the long list, because I put them there. Wait. Jollification? Uh, not right now, thanks. <laughs> uh, this reminds me of, like, Euro 96, bottles of Budweiser, uh, getting mobile phones, people getting mobile phones for the first time, going down the pub with your mates, A-levels, dramas, teenage dramas, Lambert and Butler... Jumpers oh. for goalposts, friends on the telly, shag bands. Pardon? Shag bands. What the hell's a shag band? You wore them around the well, that's playground. It sounds a bit wrong now. You wore them around the playground. There was a little, was like rubber or something bands. It got in all different colours, and if someone snapped them, they had to shag you. It was a binding contract, apparently. And how did you get on? I'm not a numbers man, Will. I'm not Carol Vorderman. This was single number two as well. So they released two very much guitar-driven uh, tracks. 
uh, as the two lead singles from this album. What do you think they were trying to say? I, I feel like because even though the first album did really well, I think the criticisms that came with that were that, again, you, you had Johnny Marr there, one of the finest guitar players that the, the UK's ever produced, and you barely get to hear him on guitar. So I think they were trying to say, look, here's Johnny, he's playing guitar in electronic. And I'm sure that many people were pleased with that. But I have to say, if I had known about electronic at this time, if I was around when this album came out, I was around, but I was too young to really know electronic at the time. I think I potentially would have been a bit disappointed with these first two singles, not because I don't like the sound, but because it's not following the path that they started. Do you know what, Dan? I don't know why, but I thought you were going to go into a quick blast of uh, If I Was a Rich Man. When, just then when you pause. na 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 this got to number 16, so just slightly lower down after Forbidden City. Do you think they were happy with a, a number 16 hit? Do you know what? I bet they weren't too fast. Yeah, same. Like a su- Not chasing number one as the top well, of the pop. No, a super group side project. It's, you know, you know, they don't need to do it. They're doing it because they want to do it, not because they're craving success and want to make loads of money. And I mentioned Top of the Pops, well, I wouldn't be surprised if they did perform this on there. And it has got that wonderful la-la-la chorus towards the end. It's very, it's very sing-along, isn't it? Oh, la, la-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la-la-la. Mrs. Cropley. It's quite creepy, actually, Will, when you do that. The thing that surprised me the most about, because obviously we know that Carl Bartos is included, is involved in this album, we know that he's one of the synth pioneers. Um, he actually co-wrote this song and Forbidden City. And that that shocked me when I read that. Why did it shock you? Well, just because they're so strummy. It's not the sound you associate with him at all, is it? Maybe it is. The silence speaks for <laughs> You just love to disagree. You're probably thinking in I your head. I didn't disagree. There, I didn't actually. say anything. Honestly, Bang you're it. now... Well, no. I'm not having this because you you're reading things into me not even speaking now. There you go again, not saying anything. <laughs> right, come on. Track number three now. And this is Dark Angel. So Dark Angel there, I love this. Absolutely. This is everything I love about 90s dance music. Uh, uh, It's got uh, the synth, it's got the beats, it's got the piano, it's got the uh, kind of epic uh, backing vocals to it. uh, And it's really got a throbbing pulse running through it. Dan, question for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Will? When did you last have a throbbing pulse running through you? Oh, I did sit on one of those electronic chairs at the fun fair. Probably would have been then, Will. Electric chair at a fun fair? What sort it's of? It's obviously fun- not a real one, but you have to. You have to hold. You've got a, a handle in each hand, 
and you you can let go at any point, which probably the real electronic chairs, you don't get that. No, electric chair. I'm thinking of electronic. Anyway, uh, gave me quite a tingle. Uh, what do you think of this track, Dan? Hopefully, I'm sure you like it. Do you? I really... Do you? Well... Oh, you do, do you? I love it. Of course I love it. It's so... I love the opening wheel, that very dramatic opening with the strings. It's quite moody and quite theatrical. And then the, that synthesized beat comes in. And then those Madchester keys come in, which I've not said Madchester for a while. Um, and I think, you know, even if you're not a fan of the first two songs because you prefer that more traditional, that kind of earlier electronic sound. They're both great songs and they kind of gets you ready, builds you up to this moment. Um, and and this for me, like, again, I like the first two songs. This is what I want from electronic, this experimental dance. And then just the idea that Johnny Marr is playing a part in this as well. That's brilliant. Do you know what? I can just imagine being off my head in the Hacienda dancing to this. Oh, that's the dream, isn't it? And speaking of dramatic openings, it, that made me think of your mum. When she reopened her pub after the restrictions eased. Oh, thank goodness. I'm not a your mum joke. We're better than that on Track by Track, aren't we? <laughs> no, Certainly we're on not. a Patreon episode. No, we're, no, we're not. No, we're not. Well, one of the things I find most interesting about this song, it's I said on the first two that Carl, Carl, first name terms, Carl Bartus, was... Uh, involved in the writing of those he's not involved in this one and that i'm quite flabbergasted that from these first three songs this is the one that a member of Kraftwerk doesn't play a part in hmm. <laughs> i did that on purpose then one of the things i love most about this one is that amazing middle eight where it just kind of goes chaotic and i think i imagine this is bernard in the studio i think he likes this kind of thing Recently, since the release of the latest live New Order album, I've been obsessed with Subculture and The Perfect Kiss. I think they both sound phenomenal on there, but they both do that same thing where there's just absolute chaos. And I think that's what he brings to the studio. Uh, and also, of course, I've got to say, mentioned at the start of the episode, Denise sounds fantastic on this. Yeah, I think he used to certainly put a lot of hours in at the studio, very long, long hours. And you think apparently mm. he used to uh, burn the candle at both ends. Oh, that's awful. Quite uncomfortable, <laughs> actually. You, we will be offering refunds, actually, to all patrons <laughs> after that. Stop mentioning people paying for listening to us. Because <laughs> at some point they'll think, actually, why am I paying for this nonsense? <laughs> Don't mention the paywall. <laughs> Track number four now, and this is One Day. Not a shit to tell you, but you know it's all. So, Will, that's one day. The guitars are back, but a little edgier here, I think. Do you know what? If the second track was a bit like the Lightning Seeds, this is a bit more suede Ooh. Suedette. You a fan of suedette? You a fan of suede? Oh, it's lovely to the touch, isn't it? No, I, musically, I do... Musically? Thank you. I do enjoy suede. And again, another band we will eventually come to talk about this year? 
Well, yes, Will, there's a very big anniversary. 25 years of coming up. Oh, that's wink, confusing, wink. isn't it? It's 25 years that are coming up of all the albums, al- the album called Coming Up. Or Coming Up on Track by Track, 25 years. Or we're going to drop a couple of uh, E's uh, and we're actually going to come up live on air. <laughs> Do you know what? I have, since you said it, I have reflected on it and I've come around to the idea that this album, the second album from Electronic, is more... It's more of a showcase for Johnny Marr's fantastic guitar skills, uh, which is and it's actually really nice to hear because also you've got some of the big beats in there as well. It's a lovely mix. So far, anyway, I might stand corrected. You might. I don't think you will. I do. I really like this one. I think I prefer this to the opening two tracks because there's just something about the atmosphere, and particularly on the outro, actually the. The, there's the repetition of Like I Was a Soldier. There's the layered vocals. Denise, again, sounding flawless. Um, but I think it's that Like I Was a Soldier line. It just, just you know, conjures up images. Will, was there ever a, did you ever consider a career in the army? Uh, do you know what? I haven't, actually. Not for me. And thankfully, no. we don't have national service in this country. So, thankfully, yeah. Quite thankful for that. And uh, actually, just to take a moment to say... Uh, thanks and respect to uh, anyone who has taken that career path. What a lovely thing to say. Have you got a joke or something you're building up to? Not at all. Just uh, thought for once I'd be quite serious and Aww. and uh, respectful. Anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> Track number five. Until the end of time. So that was Until the End of Time. This is the perfect mid-album track because it's over six minutes. It's almost two minutes before any vocals come in. Uh, but it's really it starts off slow, builds up, then absolutely gives you a hammering. A wonderful. Which is wonderful and welcomed. I think, I think this is even trippier than some of the more dance-orientated New Order tracks that had been released prior th- and you know some of the things in Republic. And I actually wonder, we talked about how for Johnny Marr, electronic is a bit of an avenue to explore new sounds and explore new instruments. But actually for Barney, I think, you know, it's how he can go he push himself even further than what New Order does. Because of course, New Order started out as much more of a rock indie band, if you like, and then gradually moved on to a dance sound. But for electronic, I suppose there's no limit to what he can do in the studio. Do you know, that's a big statement to make, but there isn't really, is there? And I think swinging from a kind of real 90s indie guitar track to this kind of 90s dance track, I think it's putting a smile on both of our faces today. Yep. Big one. It's not, it's not very often that happens. Very rarely. Does. No, never. We're never happy at the same time, are we? No, because we feed on each other's misery. <laughs> And fuel it as well. (laughs) Yeah. Opposites do attract. I can well imagine, Will, if we ever get another electronic tour, and I'm very much a never say never about these things. Uh, I hope it does happen one day. 
I think this one would go down an absolute storm. Again, like you said, that intro just goes on and on for a few minutes without any vocal. You, you, it's just the anticipation is that you know what's coming. But even until you get to that part where you can sing along, the music is divine. And this, Will, was almost the second single, apparently. Oh. Would you have preferred this as the second single? No, because it would have got cut down from 6 minutes 19 into something much less epic uh, and grandiose. And that wouldn't really have been a nice thing. Uh, as is commonly known as the biz, it would have been the untouchable treatment. Yes. Uh, and don't get us started again on that. No, <laughs> we've done that. On at least four episodes so far. It's quite boring now. <laughs> it did get released, though. It was a fan club release, which came with four remixes. Apparently now it is very sought after, that CD. So um, if, you, if you're starting to look out for a little Chrissy Pressy from me, Will, just a little stocking filler, that'd be lovely. No, I got you something in the sale last year that I've stashed away in my bottom drawer ready for you. Oh, it's not like pandemic related, is it? It was in at the time, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a face mask, is it? I wait and see. Track right. number six now, and this is second nature. Second Nature there, which is a real nice mix of dance and guitar, I think. And this is also goes back to what you were saying. Denise, Denise is so prominent on this track. It's like a duet. She said her name like Nana from the Royal Family. <laughs> uh, she is so prominent. And, you know, as we said many times before, we, we listen to the album ahead of recording. We make notes. I think on every single track, I've just put Denise exclamation mark because she's so prominent and she sounds so good. Um, it really gives me goosebumps listening to her on this song. And I think just the general sound of the song, it's almost the middle ground of the album, isn't it? Because it's not as acoustic as the first two tracks, which were the first two singles, but it's not as much of a banger as Until the End of Time. Uh, but there is a great groove to it. I think it's, I mean, every song has been quite full on, whether it's been kind of more guitar-y or more dancey. This is a nice slowdown and a slowdown and mix. So this was uh, the third single, uh, Second Nature was the third single to be released. It got to number 35, uh, so a diminished return there. Not bad for single three though, Will, right? For a side project as well. No, not bad. It doesn't grab you like it does the two, the two first two singles, but also there were probably some more... Uh, catchy instant songs on the album that could have been singles that might have done a bit better. Mm. Interesting though, that I said this was a side project and it was a side project uh, originally at least, but I do remember when I read, and I'm, I'm uh, skeptical to mention this name, uh, but when I read Peter Hook's autobiography last year, which, which I thoroughly enjoyed, as a New Order fan, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, he, when he was talking about this time of New Order and kind of post Republic and pre Get Ready, he was talking about how actually uh, the band were pretty much done. They didn't plan New Order, didn't plan to do anything else. Uh, they thought it was all over. I'm not going to say it is now because it's not. It's not. I was <laughs> just thinking that it's not over at all now, but not by a long chalk. 
We had a- see, they've gone their separate ways, Peter and the rest of the band. Uh, huge. We're both big fans of all of New Order's career and what Peter brought to it. But I have to say, again, the most recent live album and music complete are just in awe of. And obviously still. other things like Sea Fever, which members of New Order are involved with as well. Very vibrant scene at the moment in that sense. Mm. And more to come, I'm sure. Uh, and today's episode of Track by Track definitely isn't over. We are moving on now to track number seven. If you've got the love. If you've got the love, and just with that vocoder right from the off, I think, I hope you'd agree with me, Will, this is where you really hear that Kraftwerk influence. Yeah, as well as the quite persistent, quite urgent bass running all the way through this track as well. And I think it's definitely here you hear a harder dance sound coming in. Also, Dan, I hate to pull you up on something. Oh, no, you don't. Go on. (laughs) No, it's not a pantomime. You don't need to answer back. Uh, oh yes I do <laughs> he's definitely behind you um, <laughs> just just which one it's uh, it's not it's if you've got love not if you've got the love you're obviously very much thinking about the wonderful uh, track that was out there oh the classic track yeah, yeah. which we talked about on our uh, we talked about Florence's cover on our lungs episode uh, do check that out but this but yes is wonderful one of my favorites on the album i have to say likewise i think even though it's obviously very craft work influenced it's the sound of this is far too dance floor ready for the robots it's it's definitely an electronic song and the melody of the verse it's got that the melancholy thing that we love and i think that barney delivers so well but then when it comes to the chorus it's so sing-along it's another one that i just think would be phenomenal live I think it's one of the closest uh, relations to New Order on this album. A cousin, maybe. Mm, second cousin. Twice removed. So you could still sleep with them. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> you heard the royal family were up to up to it, and you you are a royalist, aren't you, at heart? Uh, yeah, well, I've, I, 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 well, I was more of a Diana fan, actually. Mm. But this one, Denise, again, fantastic. Also this one, another great length, which is uh, never to be overlooked. Uh, and a fantastic breakdown in this one. I do like a good breakdown. You do, you have one every six months. <laughs> yeah. Just for attention, really. I'm like clockwork. But the AA are fantastic, I have to say, and they do come out and, uh, Tell me away. It's got this image in my head of the AA attaching like a hook to your belt strap and then tugging you, tugging you off. <laughs> and you did once get <laughs> tugged off by an AA man on the M4. <laughs> <laughs> Track number eight now. This is Out of My League. But I'm depending on you. You're all 
My League. And what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And it's a real piece of work, actually, this week. Oh, no wonder you like it. No, it's absolutely lovely. It's uh, a, uh, a a uh, young person, uh, c- curly shock of blonde hair, and they are picking daisies uh, on a tuft of green uh, grass with clouds in the sky and a lovely blue background there. It's really nice, Dan. Do you've got, have you got any intel? Because I just couldn't be asked to look it up uh, about who did that. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Will. I've done the legwork. Um, so the cherub on the cover is by Johannes <laughs> Hanshin. <laughs> Young person. <laughs> <laughs> a minor. Um, it's not got by... a hard helmet on. <laughs> uh, it's by Johannes Hanshin, who was a noted Swiss artist. Uh, sadly passed away in 1948. So didn't get to see his work on the cover of an electronic album. Um, People have said that it echoes uh, New Order's Technique album from 89, which, of course, uh, had that statue on there. Uh, but also, you won't be surprised to know that Peter Saville played a hand in the design as well. No relation. <laughs> God, no, hopefully not. Uh, but obviously, I chose to talk about the album artwork there. Not my favourite track on the album. Uh, it's nice, but it's not as good as anything else for me. It's really interesting. I, although I said I don't know this album very well, this song, whenever I ask Siri to play something I'd like, more often than not, he'll throw this into the mix. So I just assumed this was a single, and I just, I kind of I knew this song, got to know it quite well, assumed it was an electronic single that I didn't know very well. So I was quite surprised when we looked into the episode and uh, into the album, sorry, and it wasn't. But it, I do think it sounds like it could soundtrack almost like a romantic montage in a rom-com or something like that, which is probably quite insulting to Bernard Sumner and Johnny Marr, but I I stand by it. You've got a very vivid imagination, haven't you? I don't know if that's thank you very much or how dare you, but select your appropriate response. Just take it any which way you like. There is, though, Will, a lovely tinkling of the ivories on this one that I think stands out more than any other track on the album. Uh, is it your, one of your favourites on the album, though? It's, it's weird because, as I say, it's one of the ones that I know the most. So there's almost a bit of a connection with this song. Um, so I, I do like it. But no, it's probably not one of my favourites, if I'm being quite honest. Probably around the, the midway mark for me. Uh, yes or no would have sufficed. Yo. Ness. Can we move on? Let's move on. So you... And we've got a bit of an interlude. Oh, lovely. Quick fag break, is it? Yes. Well deserved as well. Uh, and what a lovely piece of basically white noise. Which is essentially what I get from you when we're recording. You're in the right vicious mood today. Obviously, it's it's leading into something, isn't it? I don't know why. Sometimes I do question those decisions from artists. I do like it. And we've said it before with acts. When they do have interludes, clearly they're thinking about the album as a whole, which we love. They're thinking about the structure. Um, there's a reason why it's not part of the following song. But in this instance, you know, sometimes an interlude works on its own as well. This one, I'm not really sure I'd have this, you know, to walk up the aisle to or anything like that. <laughs> uh, what song would you walk up the aisle to? It would be like a string version of a, a pop song that I love. Oh, it might be Soviet from the previous Electronic album. The kind of string 
reinterpretation of getting away with it. Because I like that while I'm walking up the aisle, I, I, listeners, I won't be walk, walking up the aisle. I'll be waiting at the end. I'm not going to walk up in a Princess Diana white wedding dress. Um, <laughs> I you couldn't legitimately wear white, honestly. It would be the biggest piss take ever. Absolutely. How dare you? Um, but I like that the hidden lyrics of the song I was walking up the aisle to would be, I love you more than you love me. So a hint of irony or dark humour there. Track 10 now, and this is Free Fall. Look at this falling into my world. Why are you calling? Won't you come home? I will not hurt you. Will not deserve. Will not desert you. Look at the rain. So that was free fall there, and that was probably the closest we get to something Pet Shop Boys esque. Oh yeah. What do you think? Do you know? Yeah, I I actually put that for a later song. Will no, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. But um, yeah, <laughs> right, Rolf Harris. <laughs> well, that's Savile and Harris that we've mentioned in this episode. So uh, uh, really, are raising the pressure. And glitters coming up later. I do think on this one, I said before how um, Out of My League sounded like a, a, almost like a film song. I think this also sounds like some sort of soundtrack, but in a completely different way. It's just really stunning soundscapes, almost images of like futuristic worlds. And again, I, if I was a better presenter, I might point out when Carl Bartos is actually involved in songs. Again, I'm just going to say he's not on this one. And that, that really does surprise me. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? That some of the ones that are much more electronic and heavy, uh, he hasn't been on. Mm. Maybe he fancied a, de- a departure. Well, yeah, and good for him. Do you fancy a departure, Will, from track by track? Is it another sort of genre of podcast you want to get into? It's quite different. Well, I still want to do that Vicar of Dibley one. No parking is allowed. In the upper field, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is one of the great dance songs on here. I do love as well, just around the two minute 20 mark, you think it's already a bit of a banger and then it just steps up a gear. The piano turns up, that Manchester sound. Almost had to stop myself from sidestepping and spinning around. Uh, Dan, it's, I'm surprised it's taken you till track 11 on this album to say Manchester. Oh, I said it earlier. Did you? Oh, I, well, I, I don't listen. That was on your first year. Now you're on your fourth. So it's... Uh... Forgotten history. That's not true, listeners. That's not true. That is third. Second. <laughs> Track number 11 now, Dan. And this is what you said to the boy from the chip shop when you went into hospital to have your appendix removed. And shortly afterwards, you made a crude joke about, um, although you were having uh, a vital organ removed, he was very welcome to <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is what you said uh, uh, to him, and this visit me, track 11. Visit me there, and the pianos are back. 
Uh, I love the fact this is a little bit pared down just as we get into the last stretch of the album because I think there's definitely a lot more to come in the last two tracks. Yeah, definitely agree. It's not one of the bangers of the album. It's another great mid-tempo track. But also, it is still full of stunning electronics and there is hardly a guitar to be found there. It might be just in the mix, but it's not prominent. It's not like one of the earlier tracks. Um, As I said, it's electronics. Um, but also the strings on this one are stunning. We do like a bit of string work, don't we? Well, strings and pianos together really uh, tick my boxes. And then when you've got a beat on there, like a really good beat as well, like this has. Yeah, it's, I think this is one of those songs that you can just get lost in. You don't want to lose yourself on the dance floor. You don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want this angsty guitar thing. It's just uh, a sound you can just get stuck and lost in. You've lost yourself on a few dance floors over the years, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Well, seeing New Order with you at Glastonbury. I mean, it wasn't a dance floor per se, but it was a floor and I was on it trying to dance. You didn't just lose yourself there, though. You lost me and everything else that was going on. No, I don't think I lost you. I think you you left me. Well, one of our other friends was there and you were kind of looked a bit out of it and... He was like, oh, is he all right? Do you think he'll be okay? And I was just like, yeah, he's fine. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I was on my back vomiting, but... He's uh, just doing it for the attention. <laughs> it's dog eat dog, Well, you've made, your, you've made your feelings quite fair on that one. But what a great song. Yeah, really great song. <laughs> also, I've got to say, it's another one where, and I think Bernard Sumner, I'm imagining this is his influence. He does it so well when a song has a bit of a break and then it lifts back up again. It raises, the pressure raises, you could say. You raise me on. Westlife. Track number 12 now, and this is what you used to do in the pubs and clubs of the north of England, in the toilets, knocking on every cubicle and asking, how long? For a thousand years, such a sad song. So that was How Long There, and uh, this is a bit of an anthem for me, actually, Dan. I think it's really bloody ruddy great. I think it is really, really ruddy great, and... Some of the synth sounds in this one, I think they're almost more 80s than 90s, which is very different to everything else on the album. And I also think that there's something about the whole structure of this song that's very Pet Shop Boys. And I like to think this is the homage to them because they couldn't be involved or they weren't asked to be involved in this album. Two fingers. Uh, Kit Kat. Each. Twix. Um, One for Neil, one for Chris. Uh, And... I was going to say, actually, a little bit Human League. Yes, I think, yeah. I love it when you don't get that yourself at the start and then and then you, you show me the way, Will. You show me the light. Yeah, definitely hear that. And their Human League's Dare album turns 40 later this year. We haven't talked about them on Track by Track yet, but that does seem like quite a milestone. Oh, I that. can't wait. I think they're one of the other big 
synth pop bands of the 80s that we need to be talking about on this podcast more and not just the f- oh. the frothy pop hits of today well quite not right, my well, words not my words dan my words N- not Are your my words, words. <laughs> anyway <laughs> just, just, someone's, just words. someone's words we can take constructive criticism <laughs> and put not it down well. the toilet <laughs> There's that moment of this song, Will, around the two and a half minute mark when the instrumental section does that sort of break, very synth heavy. I can't even replicate it with my mouth, but you know the bit I mean, where it goes like, do, do, do. It's like a bit of a build. Mm. It's amazing. It's almost, it's like, it's like receiving a, a tight squeeze to the head or something like that. It's a wonderful thing. It just takes you away. I've never been tightly squeezed on the head before, but I must give it a try. So we're on to the last track of the album proper. This is track 13, Time to Tell. We hate each other, we're gonna get through somehow. Has it turned the world into a nightmare? Will it be farewell? Only time can tell. So, time can tell there, that's the last track on the album. I know it's slower down, but I'm not going to say it's petered out, because I actually think we need a bit of this towards the end of the album. Something a bit more mid-tempo. Definitely, and it's still got a nice groove to it, hasn't it? It goes out on that nice groove. You wouldn't want it to go out on a big, balls-out banger, would you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't you? But I mean, well, just, just a passing thought, really. Didn't really put too much thought into it, sorry. Didn't mean to offend. Oh, none taken. Oh, God, I've got a bit awkward. <laughs> Good job we're finishing in a minute. I love it when that happens. <laughs> so this album isn't petering out, Will. Now we've been through it all. Now we've had the bangers. Now we've had the, the songs that we love. Is it possible? Did this album peter in? Well, earlier on, yes, it did. Oh, from the start, I mean. Mm. I think so. And also... And with that in mind, it makes me think of the structure of the Waiting for the Siren to Call album that we did last year. The first, I re-listened to that episode recently because I'm quite self-centered and I like to hear the sound of my own voice. And on the episode, you really not, in, you love the album, but you really don't get into it until the first, like, until about track three or four um, because it's so acoustic and it's so not dance orientated. Uh, and I think there's a similar structure to, to this album as well. Ah, and that's the beauty of the album, isn't it, as well? You don't have to kind of dive straight in. Uh, you can take your time. You can go out to dinner first. So just a word on the album performance before we have some further listening. And uh, it didn't do as well as uh, the debut album, uh, Electronic. It got to number eight in the UK album chart. Not bad, but number two the debut album got to. So, I mean, it was quite... It was a modest hit, I think is the best way to refer to it. Similarly, in terms of reviews and reception, it was uh, enjoyed for a lot of the tracks, but uh, for most people, most reviews that I read and comments that I read, uh, it's pleasant enough, but not a patch on the original uh, debut album. I mean, it definitely hasn't gone down in history, has it, as a classic like that first one. But as I said, after not listening to it ever until recent weeks, 
Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. That said, Will, I just need to make a public service announcement. I keep saying dance orientated, and I'm quite sure I mean dance oriented. But as we said, it's so warm while recording. I'm trying to keep hydrated. The gins are going through me. So apologies, listeners. Ugh. So it's time for some further listening. And uh, are there any parameters? Because like, we haven't we didn't we haven't actually discussed parameters before the episode. Are there any parameters? Uh, we haven't. I thought I I assumed Will, and maybe it was wrong of me that we'd stick to this era of the band uh, because we're probably we've done electronic the first album. We probably will go to Twitter tenderness, and we were blessed with some remixes and B sides. Have you stuck to those parameters? No. <laughs> So, shall I go first? You then? go first, and I'll finish finish you off with a surprise. Oh, ideal. Uh, I have gone for one of the B-sides, and this is Imitation of Life. Let's say a prayer. Let's turn it over. Show that you care. Walking together. Lie in the shade. We'll be together. Don't be So Imitation of Life there, this was the B-side or one of the B-sides to the lead single Forbidden City. Um, Again, I think this is quite Pet Shop Boys-esque, especially in the chorus. Perhaps the bit around the chorus is a little bit more industrial, a little bit more intense. Well, it's quite futuristic. (laughs) Quite right as well, actually. But I love this one. And actually, well, I can't decide if I think, despite everything we've said on this episode, despite the fact that I don't dislike Forbidden City, I think I do prefer this song. How about you? I definitely prefer this song. I, I want to congratulate you on an excellent choice on further listing this week. Thank you, Will. That rarely happens. Well done. Credit where it's due. You've picked a winner there. And I think it's just brilliant. You've got... the those wonderful kind of sirens and noises at the start, which just continue to be peppered through the song, but some real atmospheric synth sounds and lyrics in there. Uh, I think it's just wonderful and cruelly hidden away on the the B-side or deluxe version of this album. Well, there we go. Praise from Will. It must be hot. Will, what have you got from... what, what What on earth have you got for us? Well... What a great opportunity for me to shoehorn in another chance to listen to one of the best songs ever and the standout from Electronic's first album. Let's just have another go on getting away with it. Uh, and I said it in the episode, not only is it my favourite electronic song, it's also one of my favourite pop songs ever, ever. Now, when we say favourites, are we talking top five, top ten? Um, top ten. Hoping I don't contradict you know myself from the episode. We should, well, you probably will, 
and I probably will contradict you as well, we should try and write our top 10 songs ever and do an episode on that. That would be a great... I mean, you could almost do it. It could almost be a mini series, couldn't it? As we do our own and then kind of merge together to make an ultimate list. No, oh, it's making it's, sure it's, merging, it's make, merging together, making thing. a face. Doesn't like the sound no, of that. No, I do my own thing. Thank you very much. We're, We're out, out of, of time. time. So thank you to our patron subscribers for subscribing and getting this episode. First, it's exclusive for you for now. Maybe one day, way down the line, it might be available to all the rabble. Um, do let us know what you thought. Either way, at Trap by Trap UK. Or share your thoughts on the Patreon uh, Trap by Trap page itself. It's always lovely to hear from you. Uh, do also, if you do enjoy Trap by Trap and you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, do give us a rating and a review over there as well. So we will be back soon with more episodes of Trap by Track. And until then, I've been Carl Bartos. And I've been Johannes Hanschens Cherub. Goodbye. Easy to say. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Or we're going to share a flashlight. And we'll be. No. That's <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's absolutely revolting, honestly. Oh, good. I think I've trapped you. Good. <laughs>